Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavily on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom, Onyejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liquor, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Welcome to NBA Today, presented by Levi's. Coming up on this Valentine's Day edition of NBA Today, the Mavs home crowd, they got their first hometown date with Kyrie. Why it wasn't exactly a love ending. And a Warriors fans, I know you guys miss your heart and soul badly. We have an update for you on Steph Curry's return to play timeline. Plus, some of the game's best guards, they were red hot last night. We'll give flowers to three separate 40 pieces. We heart, I mean, we start right now. Welcome to NBA Today, presented by Levi's. I'm Malika Andrews, joined by the dynamic duo of Zach Lowe and Kendrick Perkins. Hello, gentlemen. We have no time to waste on this lovely Valentine's Day. Let's get to Kyrie Irving's Dallas home debut last night. And we're going to pick it up in the fourth quarter because that's where things really got interesting and spicy. So the Mavericks down by double digits. Kyrie Irving pulls up. Not anymore. Cuts the lead. Frank Nikitilakina loves it. And then Kyrie, once again, going to work. Pull up, you know that's good. Cuts the Timberwolves lead down to eight. Anthony Edwards, though, he was dynamic last night. Gets it all the way to the cup. Once again, puts the Timberwolves up. Kyrie Irving looking, finds Frank in the three. No, not quite, but Kyrie Irving gets another shot at it. He gets it to go. Two-point game. 10 seconds left, three-point game. Kyrie Irving, hot potato, back to Luka Doncic, back to Kyrie Irving. Kyrie looking, and then turns it over. The Timberwolves, they get the win in this one. Kyrie Irving, a little bit frustrated. Take a look into Luka Doncic after the game. I was trying to get him a shot. He trying to get me a shot, so at the end, nobody got a shot. Uh, but he was going off, you know, so. Uh, we tried to get a shot off, and we couldn't. I really wanted this win, so uh, to all the Dallas fans at home, I apologize for not getting at least a shot up or something. I'm cringing myself. Uh, but it's fun and competition, and, and uh, I'm just learning more about my teammates as we continue to be in these situational games. So last night, it was only the second game we saw Luka and Kyrie together on the court, and both of those games, it came down to the final possession Perk, what stood out to you seeing the new duo with the game on the line? Well, <clears throat> two words, Malika. Explosive and disappointing. And both could be true. And that's what I think of when I think of Kyrie Irving and Luka Doncic and the Dallas Mavericks for the simple fact we know they have two of the best isolation players in the game today. Two guys that could get buckets, right? That's the explosive part. They're going to win regular season games together because they're that talented. But when, you comes down, when it comes down to the disappointment factor, when you look at that last possession, it was almost like, huh, I'm going to take a back seat. No, right. you go ahead. You do it. You do it. I don't want to step on your toes. Well, they got to try to figure it out. So when I look at it also, I'm looking at Luka. 
And Luca got picked on almost every single time by Anthony Edwards and everybody else. They were searching them out on the defensive end. Luka Doncic needs to take a page out of Steph Curry book and learn from it. Steph Curry used to get picked on a lot on the defensive side of things, and then he got better. And then he started being more better defensively. That's mm. what Luka has to do. But I look at this team, yeah, they have the talent, but are they really going anywhere? Can they really figure it out? I don't know. We're only two games in, Zach. Yeah, first of all, what I'm looking at, I know we're supposed to talk about the Mavericks. What I'm looking at is Anthony Edwards mm. and what Anthony Edwards and Jaden McDaniels did to those guys on the last game. There is a whole lot of defense with those two. When Anthony Edwards dials it in, he can be as good as anyone on the wing. And the Timberwolves won the game. As for Luka and Kyrie, look, two games in, yes, they're just scratching the surface. The wing depth. The defense, those things are going to be TBD. Jason Kidd couldn't trust Christian Wood last night to close out that game. That's a big deal. We'll see if Justin Holiday helps, but like zoom out. Yeah, they lost. Fine. Offensively, they have barely started working together at all. Yeah. And this is already as explosive and potent as everyone feared it would be. You are not going to stop this team, their offense. You're going to hope to outscore them. Maybe they have bad jump shooting. And by the way, here's a stat for you. Luka and Kyrie in two games have only run three pick and rolls together. Just three. I think that's going to be a weapon for them as they develop some chemistry. Offensively, it's going to be as advertised, even if it doesn't always look incredible. Yeah, the final possession of the last two games to me it just looked like unselfishness to a fault like they we have so many options here is should Luca take the shot should Kyrie take the shot and they just couldn't decide it and ended up in an unfortunate mistake but it seems to me that the ceiling is going to be pretty dang high for this Mavericks team and you mentioned it Anthony Edwards I, I saw JJ Redick pointed this out we've all been waiting for him to take that next step I mean, it's here. That next step has happened. He has been absolutely incredible, and obviously it's culminated in an all-star nod. But prior to last night's game, uh, Kyrie Irving, he held his first formal press conference in Dallas after being traded there last week. There was, of course, some questions about what his long-term future is going to be with the Mavericks. So here's what he had to say. I would love to just uh, have the respect of uh, you guys and everybody the rest of the season of just like continuously asking me that because it just – puts unwarranted distractions on us and our team. And I've dealt with it before, and it's very emotionally draining to ask questions like, what's the long term? What's the long term? Okay, so Kyrie says that it, it's draining. I think it's, it's probably fair to ask him about it, but that's also a completely fair response. Do you think, Zach, that this is a long-term combination that could work? Of course it can work long term. Absolutely. Luca and Kyrie together offensively. I mean, that's that's going to be a powerful offense almost no matter who is around them as long as you have enough shooting. And I'm empathetic toward Kyrie in this regard. If you ask him the same question over and over again, yeah. and his answer is the same answer over and over again, what are we really accomplishing? And that said, why would it matter what Kyrie said anyway? This is the guy who told Boston fans he wants his jersey retired there and like three weeks ago or a month ago or whenever said he's not going to leave seven back in Brooklyn. So what he says doesn't matter anyway. So let's just move on. We'll figure it out and see how the playoffs work. The playoffs are what determine a lot of these things. If they have success, I think everyone's going to feel good. If they flame out in the first round, it raises some questions. And you have to realize, and, and Zach, I agree with you, but we all have to keep in mind that Kyrie Irving 
has to be on his best behavior right now. He got to make sure that he says the right things in the media. He got to make sure that he, he does the right thing within the locker room, within the organization. Because again, he's trying to get his lettuce, and rightfully so. So although we're probably only going to see a sample size, an appetizer of Luka Doncic and Kyrie Irving is to be determined whether or not we're going to get the full course meal because they got to make sure they handle their business in the postseason. But I'm with Zach on it when he said earlier in the show, those two guys got to run more pick and roll game uh, together. Mm. They got to clear out that one side and let them go to work because Kyrie – is an underrated post player. You could post him. Like, he loves posting up bigger per people, and he makes the right decision. And we already know what Luka Doncic could do on the lower block. And I feel like Jason Kidd will figure things out. He just needs time as well. Irving finished with 36 points. Luka Doncic, 33. But let's get to Kyrie's former team, because as the New York paper said, orange is the new black. The Nets' nine-game winning streak against the Knicks. It was snapped last night. I love the Villanova of a love pregame though. Jalen Brunson has just been an absolutely winning player for the New York Knicks and last night was no different. 19 points in the first half of Brunson and then here early in the second quarter. Emmanuel quickly drives, kicks it out to Josh Hart who has also been an excellent addition for them. Let's go to the fourth quarter though. Seven minutes to go in the game. The Knicks up nine here. Hart little scoop. Oh! That is pretty. And then he hypes up the crowd as he does it. The Knicks up 106-94 after some free throws. Jalen Brunson once again going to work. 40 points in the game for Brunson. Gets a little nice ovation from the MSG crowd as he comes off the floor. An excellent game for the Knicks. They snap their nine-game losing streak against the Nets. They get the win 124-106 and they are fired up about it. So, you know, it's reunited and it feels so good. Uh, I'm going to stop. You guys left me alone in studio today. I'm, I'm losing it a little bit, but the early returns on Josh Hart and Jalen Brunson, they've been positive, right? Zach, what have you been seeing from Brunson specifically lately? I think we owe Jalen Brunson an apology. Mm. He's got to be in the All-Star game. And, and I don't know. I can't keep track of who's in what conference and how many spots are open and who's injured. We need to find a way to get Jalen Brunson to Utah because this dude's been averaging 30 a game for his last 20 games. Yeah. Not five games, not six games, 20 games, 30 a pop. And he's the perfect point guard for how Tom Thibodeau wants to play. There's the stat right there. Usage rate, that's a fancy way of saying he used uses up a lot of possessions with shots and he never turns the ball over and that's how Tom Thibodeau wants to play be a battering ram into the paint isolations pick and rolls post-ups simple stuff where you don't throw the ball away and let the other team have a fast break that's in Jalen Brunson's wheelhouse he's one of the craftiest one-on-one players in the league and when it's Julius Randle's turn to cook one-on-one he's one of the best catch and shoot three-point shooters in the league yeah. off kickouts from Julius Randle just an unbelievable season for Jalen Brunson remember when there was all this fretting about oh my god they overpaid yeah. Jalen Brunson that contract's going to be a bargain he's outplayed it already he, he looks excellent and maybe there's a path we still haven't heard Hopefully, Jalen Brown is good to go for the All-Star game. But with his facial fracture, we don't know yet. So maybe there's a path that he could still get in uh, on the net side of things. 
I know it's Valentine's Day. Love is in the air, but we have to point it out because Ben Simmons, he struggled again, finished with two points, three rebounds, two assists in just under 13 minutes last night. It was his second fewest minutes played in a game this season. He was benched with seven and a half minutes left in the fourth, did not play the rest of the way. So take a listen to Jacques Vaughn on Simmons with the Nets. All 16 guys are in that bucket and uh, trying to figure out what lineup fits around Ben, what position fits for Ben, uh, how we can make him look good at every opportunity. That's the goal. You put another big next to Ben, then you got to figure out what the spacing is around him. Then if you put a playmaker next to him, then you got to figure out what Ben looks like without the basketball. Then if you go small without with Ben, then you got to figure out can you rebound enough with him. All right, so the challenges are ahead of us. We'll look them head on. We'll figure it out. We have the personnel to figure it out. Okay, I appreciate Jack Vaughn's candor there. Perk, the floor is yours, my friend. <laughs> you know they you know they have an old saying, right? When a person show you who they are, believe them. When they show you who they are, believe them. Like, I don't know why we expecting Ben Simmons to be an all-star caliber player or return back to being an all-star caliber player. The guy's lost. He's scared. He's allergic to the basket. We understand that right now at the moment. The thing is about Ben Simmons is that when he had Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, I remember him being on record talking about, you know, we have the capability of being the best team in the league. Now, all of a sudden, KD and Kyrie Irving is gone. Now you have Spencer Dinwiddie, you have Finney Smith, you have Cam Johnson, Mikael Bridges, Claxton, Cam Thomas. All those guys have has elevated their game. Jock Vaughn has been doing a hell of a job coaching this new ball club. The only person that haven't elevated his game is Ben Simmons. And so it comes to a point where we have to realize that this is who he is. This is who he is. Forget lacking confidence. I'm starting to question whether or not he still loved the game of basketball. He is just terrified at the moment. I'm not the only person that see it. His teammates see it. Jock Vaughn see it. Jock Vaughn was basically telling us, I got 16 guys in a pot. I can't just keep worrying about how can I get Ben going at the moment. I got other guys that are playing fantastic basketball in this locker room. I can't just keep continually, continually putting all my energy in Ben Simmons, and rightfully so. Whew. All right, Zach. Look, I'm, I'm out of takes on Ben Simmons. I'm out of takes. He's the third string center of the Brooklyn Nets. Let that sink in. Ben Simmons is the Nets' third string center. And, and nitpicking Ben Simmons, doing the zap rooter every time he catches the ball under the rim and throws it out, it's the low-hanging fruit of NBA analysis. We can do it every game, every night. I've reached a point where I just feel bad for him. And I know he's making $35 million. No one's actually going to feel bad for him. He doesn't have big problems in sort of the global sense. But I feel I've reached a point of just empathy. He's clearly a broken player mentally. He's scared of contact. He's scared of free throws. He's scared of shooting at the basket. And it's just sad to watch because we all know what this guy was as recently as two years ago. And there's no point anymore, really, in beating him up and beating him up and beating him up for all the stuff that we can all see plain as day. I just now have reached one where, like, I hope we see the old Ben Simmons or 75% of it again because the guy that's playing now is a broken player. Right. Currently on a $177 million contract. 
Yes, Perk. I thought I thought you uh, I thought you got him enough the first yeah, but, time around. No, no, nah, nah, but but Zach, we can't feel sorry for Ben Simmons. And let me tell you why bit. we can't feel sorry for Ben Simmons because Ben Simmons just was playing with one of the best basketball players in the world and Joel Embiid. Ben Simmons set out almost an entire well an entire season almost because he didn't want to show up to training camp and he said that he didn't want to be in Philadelphia. Ben Simmons tried to make the organization, the Philadelphia front office, make a decision between him and Joel Embiid. Let's think about that for a second. Ben Simmons actually tried to make the organization, the Philadelphia front office, make a decision between him and Joel Embiid. Forced his way out of Philly. Now he has an opportunity to show the world why he's a quote-unquote franchise guy. And you expect us to sit up here and feel sorry for him? I'm not buying this, Zach. I'm not buying it because it's not no, what you no, do. It's not how feel, you do it. And not, how he got out of Philly not was feel straight sorry. Not feel sorry, and everything you're saying is right. And I don't feel sorry for him. And obviously, there's no choice between Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid. My only point is, there's no point anymore in doing these segments of, oh my God, look, he passed again. He passed again. We all know, mm. and it's just kind of a sad basketball story. It's sad. It's sad when someone who had talent no longer has talent or the ability to show that talent. That's true in any field. It's just kind of sad to see someone in any field be just a shell of themselves. And I agree with you, Perk. The pathway where he got here is depressing and upsetting and totally threw the Sixers organization for a loop. I think he just kind of wanted to stay away from basketball last year, clearly, because look at him now. That's all I'm saying. I don't feel bad for him. I don't feel sorry for him. I'm not saying he's blameless. None of that. Just that, like, why we don't need to just rehash like he's a broken player. He's a broken player. He's just a broken player, and I hope someday he's unbroken. Yeah, and I think that's fair to have to, to bring that empathy. And I'm hearing that from from both of you guys because it is a little bit sad. Uh, the Heat and the Nets they face off tomorrow. It's a Nets last game before the All Star break. Gentlemen, we have a lot to get to on this Valentine's Day edition of NBA Today, including. Is Dub Nation, will their hearts be mended or broken with our Steph Curry update that is coming up next? And we have an update on whether we can expect Klay Thompson to play in his first back-to-back in 1,400-plus days. Plus, Donovan Mitchell, Damian Lillard, Jalen Brunson, they all gave the fans a 40-carat performance last night. We dive into the outpouring of scoring that is going on this season. And there are two analysts that love Giannis Antetokounmpo. We're going to hear from both of them on the other side of this. NBA Today is presented by Levi's, celebrating 150 years of the 501 gene. Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavily on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom, Onyeho Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the hypnotic team. Every season is hypnotic and tequila season. Hypnotic liquor, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. 
Tired of ads interrupting your favorite sports podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music, included with your Prime membership. Amazon Music offers the most ad-free top podcasts. Enjoy shows like First Take, Pardon the Interruption, and The Low Post, available ad-free and uninterrupted. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app or go to Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods. That's Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. It's time for today's Putting in Work, presented by Upwork. The Warriors, they beat the Wizards last night in the Bay. Golden State is the first team in NBA history to record 23-pointers and 40 assists in multiple games in a season. It also marks the 14th time under Steve Kerr, where they finished with 40 assists or more, 10 more than any other team during that span. So with the win, the defending champs, they are now 2-2 two and two since Steph Curry injured his left leg on February 4th against the Mavs, and they're 9-10 without their star point guard this season. They currently sit at ninth in the Western Conference. So here was Steph Curry on his injury and a potential return. You have a target, not like return night necessarily, but like timeline that you think you can come back in? No, because it's all dictated around how this heals. This was different than like the shoulder where it was pretty predictable where I'd be able to get to a point where I could play and not re-injure it or put myself in jeopardy out there on the floor. This one's different because ligaments can heal all different types of timelines. Um, So there's like a window for each checkpoint. Like After all-star break, I want to hopefully get back on the court. And then depending on how things go from there, you can start to key in on a, on a specific date to get back. Now welcoming in our Warriors reporter, Kendra Andrews, our Clippers reporter, Ohm Young Masuk. Thank you guys so much for hanging out with me in studio today. Let's get right to it, though, because the Warriors and the Clippers, they face off tonight. Kendra, I want to start with you. We just heard a little bit from Steph Curry, but what's the Warriors' confidence level that they can stay afloat without him? Right. Well, Malika, you just listed off what the Warriors' record is without Steph, right? They're a 500 team, and they've gone 500 without Steph. They Mm. feel that, yeah, hopefully we can just stay afloat while he's out. He's going to miss some time after the All-Star break, too, right? He said, I'm not going to be ready um, that Thursday coming out of All-Star break against the Lakers here in Los Angeles. The Warriors just want to stay 500, if not above. They feel if Andrew Wiggins continues to play as he did last night, yep. that's going to give him a good chance. Klay Thompson, Jordan Poole, they say we have the pieces. We just have to be able to execute and put it together and just maintain, maintain, maintain until Steph comes back, which they've done before. Maintain until Steph comes back, but you have to imagine that Klay Thompson, like you mentioned, is going to be a big part of that. The Warriors are on the second night of a back-to-back tonight. So what can you tell us about Clay's status? He's hopeful to play. They are expecting him to play. He has not played in two back-to-back games since April of 2019. That's oh, wow. 1,400 games, you guys, since he's played in both back-to-backs. Clay said, this is just the next step in my rehab. It's almost the final step in my comeback. He's playing here in Los Angeles. His dad, of course, works with the Lakers. His mom's going to be here. His brother, one brother, works with the Warriors. The other brother is down here in L.A. He says, this is the perfect place and perfect opportunity for me to finally check this box and then just move forward and try and make a push. Right, because look how many days that he has not played in a back-to-back, which is just insane. And then on the Clipper side of things, Ohm, they've lost two straight heading into the night. I'm looking at this roster. Uh... (laughs) Traditional point guards, where are you? What are the Clippers (laughs) saying about how they're going to fill that role? Malika, a couple days before Valentine's Day last Friday night, 
Paul George did everything sending love to Russell Westbrook, but sing Bobby Brown's Roni, okay? He wants a reunion <laughs> with his old Oklahoma City oh, teammate. No. He went out of his way, him and Marcus Morris Sr., to campaign for the Clippers to use their last roster spot on Russell Westbrook should he decide to get a buyout and reach a buyout with the Utah Jazz, which remains to be seen. They believe that basically they need a traditional point guard. Ty Lue has said he likes to have a traditional point guard on his roster, but I will say this. I'd be a little surprised if they did that because Lawrence Frank said that if they do get another point guard out there, they want someone who can defend and stretch the floor for Paul George and Kawhi mm -hmm. Leonard. And those are two things that, you know, sometimes Russell struggles with. So. Right, and, and they like Paul George running this offense. They like him with the ball in his hands. Some key moves for the Clippers, though, Mason Plumley, Eric Gordon, mm -hmm. Bones Highland. Bones Highland had some interesting comments about his tenure with the Nuggets. What did you learn from him? So the new Clipper pieces are expected to make their debut tonight. Um, and Bones Highland actually said, Look, I don't feel like Denver gave me a chance to showcase my playmaking skills. I'm more than a scorer. And then I asked him yesterday, what did you learn that you can take specifically from great players like Jamal Murray and Nikola Jokic and apply it to playing alongside Paul George and Kawhi Leonard? And he said that while he enjoyed playing with Jokic and it was a great experience, they have one phenomenal player in Denver where they have two phenomenal players here with the Clippers. Wow. And he left Jamal Murray out. Of that, and I, I mean, I, you know, I was, I thought that, I thought it was a little curious. So I, I will say, is Bones Highland really liked his draft workout here in LA. He felt an energy here from, I think, Steve Ballmer in the group. He's thrilled to be here, and I think he's looking forward to proving himself here in LA. Bones Highland is, is surely an <laughs> electric player. Uh, my producers say that there's one piece of video that we need to take a look at. I'm afraid. <laughs> oh, <no>. oh God. <laughs> Oh, we oh. did not need to see this. <laughs> when your sister's in Will you be my studio. Valentine? I was going to ask <gasps> you. Would you? Yeah. Do you have another option? No. Can you tell me <laughs> Let's go to commercial break. <laughs> you're going to start singing. Oh, we have to have a Kendrick. talk. <laughs> no. Um, you're not left out, are you? I, I do feel a little left out. It's fine. I brought you flowers. You did? Where are they? For him. Oh. <laughs> Still ahead on NBA Today. <laughs> Donovan Mitchell, Jalen Brunson, Dame Dalla, they all went wild last night. 40-piece wing dinners and why that's becoming more of the norm. You bought him flowers and not me? Yeah, that's Kendra, I see the I don't even... <laughs> 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Oh, nice crossover. Ooze from the crowd. Oh, no. 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 O
Crossover move by Mitchell. Oh, he's got it. Oh, my. Oh, Brunson on the drive. The layup is good. Another sweet move from Jalen Brunson. Intoxicating move that time. Dame up top. Surprised anymore? Another night and surprise, surprise, more 40 point performances. Donovan Mitchell, Damian Lillard, Jalen Brunson, by the way, they all resulted in wins. So that brings a total of 40 point games this season to 136, done by 44 different players, the third most in a season of all time. But wait, there's more. Come with me. Take a look at how many times there have been at least one 40 point game this season. Someone has scored 40 on 66% of the days that games have been played, which is just mind-blowing. It's incredible. It's wow. And that's not just a handful of players that are doing this on a nightly basis. 26 players have multiple 40-point games, the most in a season in NBA history. So I need a little bit of help digesting all of these numbers. For more on this offensive explosion, we welcome in our numbers guru, Kirk Goldsberry. Kirk, what are you attributing this to? Yeah, I see four four things that are happening, Malika. But but as a, as I say this lovingly, first and foremost, ball hogs are having a moment. <laughs> uh, but seriously, there there are four main trends that are driving this. Number one, NBA offenses are just smarter now. Uh, the analytics era has made us a smarter community in the basketball world. Number two, NBA games are faster than they have been in years, which means more shots, especially for those superstars. And three, we have a lot more three-point shooting. Everybody knows that. Uh, and last, and I think this is the most intriguing one, Maliga, what I'm calling hyper-usage superstars. Simply put, more offenses in the NBA are more concentrated around these superstar players. Just 10 years ago, we only had three players with a usage rate of 30 plus. This year we have 13 of those. Mm. And on that list, you see names like Embiid, Giannis, and Mitchell, and Luka. And really what that means is if we're starting to see players shoot and control offenses like we did with Prime Kobe, it's fair to expect more nights like this, more 40-point explosions. Uh, in other words, if there are more players playing like Kobe did, we're going to see more of those kinds of crazy box scores. You know this better than anyone. Not only do you dive into the numbers better than anyone I know, you worked in an NBA front office. So if that's your checklist, if you will, that's brought us this elite level of scoring, what's next? What's next in this evolution of offense? Yeah, that's a great question. I think like one of the more interesting things I'm monitoring this year is that three-point scoring, uh, three-point shooting revolution is kind of plateaued. Uh, and what we're seeing in lieu of that is the hunt for efficiency is looking other places and spamming those superstars. In other words, giving your play, your best player the, the ball more often to shoot more shots is a trend I'm watching. I think it's the definitive trend of this season, if you're asking me. Hmm. And it's also, Malika, the reason we're seeing all of these 40-point nights, like you said, almost every night another player does it. At this point, it's still special, but it's like, what the heck is going on? Zach Perk back into the conversation. <laughs> Kirk just outlined all the ways in which offensive is, offenses have improved, and that's led to this just explosive level of scoring. But, Zach, how much of a role do opposing defenses play in all of this? 
I don't know if opposing defenses play a role as much as I think the league is a harder than ever to defend because of all the space you've got to defend. You watch a game from the 80s, all the players are 19 feet and in. Now you got to rotate 20 feet this way, 20 feet back out that way. And the second thing about defense is the way the officials call it now, it's really hard to play defense on the perimeter without fouling. You used to be able to hand check, you used to be able to get a little guide hand on people's hips and stuff. That all that stuff is a foul now. In the post, it's a different story. You can still beat the hell out of people in the post. But on the perimeter, the NBA has really made it hard to defend without fouling. And if you can't put your hands on these guys at all, they're going to get by you. Park does not like that. <laughs> Zach, 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 Zach. We, we talked about this, I believe it was okay. a month ago. We went at it on the production meeting and, and we went on it on television on NBA Today. And I told you, I told you, I said, Zach, no one plays defense anymore. I said, because you know why? Because teams are trying to match offense with offense. So what you have on the floor now is an offensive five versus an offensive five. This is part of the reason why a guy like Ben Simmons can't get on the floor. Because if you can't score, a coach is not going to trust you. If you're going to be a liability offensively, a coach is not going to have you out there on the floor. So you got to be able to produce offense. So what's happening is, is that you don't have really that many defenders on the floor no more. So you got offensive guys guarding the offensive guys. Of course they're going to score 40. Of course we're going to see these 50-point performances. Of course we're going to see guys hit 60, 12, and 11, or 71 like Donovan Mitchell hit the other, uh, two months ago. You know why, Zach? Because this is the way that the league is. No disrespect. Guys are way more skilled than the, than the guys were in the 90s and the 80s and the early 2000s, and the evolution has went up to here. But every time, I got to keep telling you, Zach, it's no defenders like that in the league. You good with that, Zach? Do I get to, do I get to say anything I, I, now? Yes, okay. I was so waiting. Look, so, so Perk is talking about not guarding people who can't shoot. That sounds to me like smart, strategic defense. And I think the pivot point for the NBA to get deep into the weeds. Remember the 2015 playoffs, Warriors, Grizzlies, Steve Kerr and Ron Adams said, you know what? Tony Allen, we're not guarding you. We're going to put Andrew Bogut on you, except he's not going to guard you. He's going to ignore you completely and make the Grizzlies play four on five on offense. That little light bulb for coaches all around the league, and they stopped guarding non-shooters. That's smart defense. My second counter would be, Burke might be right. Rotations now are going to a definition of, if you can't shoot, you can't play, no matter how good you are defensively. So yeah, that may, that boosts the number of offense-first players that are playing, but you look at the top of the league, Cleveland, Milwaukee, Boston, Memphis, Phoenix, you cannot win the title if you're not a good defensive team. The numbers may not look the same as what good defense was 10 or 15 years ago, but relative to production on average, you got to be able to defend. You got to be able to defend if you want to win. You can't just go out there bombing threes, playing no defense if you want to win at the highest levels. Do you think it's easy to score on Giannis and Brooke Lopez, on Evan Mobley and Jared Allen, on Steven Adams beating no. the hell out of you? It's not. <laughs> yeah, it's not. Kirk, last word on this. 
Yeah, both both guys are right. I see an explosion of skill, which enables these offenses to space out. Defense is harder than ever, and offense is smarter than ever, just giving their best players chance after chance in ways that the numbers tell them to go at these defenses. The NBA's never had more offensive talent, and it's never given its superstars the keys to the car as frequently as they are this year. I look for this trend to just continue into the 2020s, Malika. Kirk, did Shanae tell you to say that both these guys are right? Did she tell you to say both of them are right? <laughs> Come on. You, you have to pick a side. No. <laughs> I'm hey, it's Valentine's Day. I'm it's just Valentine's. trying to spread the love here, folks. See, it's trying to spread okay. the love. And since it's Valentine's Day, boy, do we have a segment for you. Um, it's Valentine's Day inspired. We're going to call it ring or fling. Will this pairing result in a title or a split? Stay tuned. Hi, this is ESPN's Mike Greenberg, and ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today and new users get $100 in bonus bets for making any sportsbook bet. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue, and ready for the play. And... Boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Welcome back to NBA Today, presented by Levi's. Welcome back. We have a big one tonight in Milwaukee. The Bucks host the Celtics. The Bucks are looking for revenge after losing in seven games to Boston in last season's playoffs. Boston has been at the top of the East since December 23rd, but the Bucks, they're just a game and a half back after reeling off 10 straight wins. So both teams are also top four in defensive efficiency. Welcoming in Tim Bontemps and Jamal Collier covering the Celtics and the Bucks for us. Tim, I want to start with you because the Celtics injury report today has me a little bit weak in the knees. Can you tell me who is actually going to be in and out for this game and then also the Celtics mindset as they limp towards the All-Star break? Well, yeah, Malik, I was initially bummed out. I wasn't going to be with my guy Jamal in Milwaukee to see this showdown between arguably the two best teams in the NBA. Now I'm just bummed out at this injury report. So mm. you have Jalen Brown, who's out with a facial fracture he suffered last week. You have Marcus Smart, who's been out for a couple of weeks with an ankle sprain. It's going to have him out through the All-Star break. Yesterday, the Celtics announced Jason Tatum was doubtful with a non-COVID illness. He's now out for today's game with that illness. And Al Horford and Robert Williams, their other two starters, they're both questionable to play. Al Horford with knee soreness, Robert Williams with an ankle issue. It's been bugging him off and on. So potentially, the Celtics could be without their entire typical starting five for what was supposed to be a big-time showdown with the Milwaukee Bucks. Now, if you go back over the past week, 
They played the Philadelphia 76ers without four of their starters last Wednesday at home. They won that game. They then played the Memphis Grizzlies without three of their top six guys, including Malcolm Brogdon on Sunday, on Super Bowl Sunday. They won that game. So certainly Boston's going to think with their depth, arguably as good as any team in the league, they could go into Milwaukee and win this game. Yeah. But this is obviously not the showdown between these two elite teams that we were hoping to see tonight. No, it isn't exactly that. But Giannis Attentacumpo always shows up for big games. So I want to go to the man in the Valentine's Day themed pink lighting. <laughs> Jamal, what is the Bucks mindset heading into this one? Yeah, I uh, got a little mood lighting here for the theme here today. <laughs> hey, that's your business. Uh, the Bucks are not gonna, the Bucks are not gonna, uh, you know, accept any excuses as far as that, as far as injuries and stuff. Is you know, they have been without Chris Middleton. He hasn't played against the Celtics since last April. He missed that entire playoff series. He missed the Christmas Day game. So having him back in the lineup as soon as he got back in and they got Giannis, Chris, and Drew back together, they've rattled off ten in a row. And that's been their thing from the beginning. Is when they have their team together, when they have their guys, they still feel as good about their chances as anybody else in the league can. They're right behind the Celtics for the top spot in the, the best record in the league, not just the Eastern Conference. And I think the big thing for the Bucks is the addition of Jay Crowder. Uh, you look back to that Christmas Day game, and especially in the playoff series, every time the Bucks had a smaller guard on the floor, mm. Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, they found a way to get a switch and get that matchup uh, with that smaller guard and start exploiting, the, exploiting that matchup. And having a guy, another strong defender like Crowder, yeah. another big wing defender like Crowder, is just going to limit the opportunities for Tatum and, and, and those guys to take advantage of it. So Crowder's not playing tonight. Uh, he just rejoined the team and practiced with them this week. They're hoping that sometime after the All-Star break he should be ready to go. Remember, he hasn't played all season. But the Bucks are feeling like they're starting to fire up and gear up, similar to last year. They were out with Brooke Lopez for most of the year and all of a sudden got going toward the end. They're feeling good about where their team is. They should be feeling good. Ten in a row, looking to make it 11 tonight. They've been the hottest team in the NBA recently. Gentlemen, thank you so much. Enjoy the game. We can't talk about Giannis Attentacumpo and not get a word from our big fella, Kendrick Perkins. Perk, what do you got? Well, let's not talk about <laughs> who's not playing. Let's talk about who is available. And who's available is the best player in the world, and that's Giannis Attentacumpo. See, let me tell you something, Malika. When I look at Giannis, Giannis is the Drake of basketball. When you think about Drake, he has all the accolades. When you look at Drake, he never disappoints. He never give, He never makes us wait two or three years before he drop an album. And when he do drop or when he do drop, he never disappoints us in this gold or platinum. Right this it's, it's great. Same with Giannis Antetokounmpo. He never disappoints us. Even on his off night, it's still a great night for him. He's always available. He always shows up to work. And I remember when Drake had a knee brace on when he tore his ACL and, and he was still showing up on stage. This is Giannis Antetokounmpo. He just did it against the NLA when they played the Lakers and Clippers. Now, I know it was in the same city, but he showed up to work and he delivered in great fashion. And you know what's even more compelling is that they're not even done yet. It's still more greatness to be done between those two. So forget who's not playing. Just know that Giannis Antetokounmpo will be playing. And if you bought a ticket tonight, you won't be disappointed. If you're watching it from your iPad or your telephone, you won't be disappointed because Giannis never lets us down. So Giannis is bringing the hotline bling. That's what you're saying. 
Yeah, I mean, yeah. Yeah, something like that. that. I think I followed you. Perk, thank you. Uh, we mentioned it earlier, not, not Drake anymore. We're talking about Valentine's Day. Stick around because we have a fun little segment for you called Ring or Fling. Will this pairing result in a title or a split? Stay tuned. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. to producer Ron for that little ditty as I stand in the studio alone on Valentine's Day. Uh, but we do have a little Valentine's Day segment and we're calling it Ring or Fling. It's a little bit self-explanatory. I'm going to ask Perk and Zach if the following relationships, will they result in a ring, gentlemen? Or is it just a short-term thing and it's going to be a fling and it's not going to work out and they're going to break up and all that? Ready? Let's get it. Perk, I'm going to start with you. Kevin Durant. He finds himself in the Valley. He joins forces with Devin Booker, with CP3, with DeAndre Ayton. Here's the first look at everyone at Suns practice all together. It's all lovely. First impressions are everything. But before you answer, Perk, if it's going to be a ring or a fling, let's hear from Devin Booker. Can't put it into words, man. You know, it's just all feeling. Looking forward to, you know, post-all-star break when we actually get the chance to you know, compete with each other. You know, I've never got to do that besides the Olympics. Uh, with the Cavs, so, you know, it's exciting times right here. You know, people reach out and say, oh, that's what y'all are on? Just <laughs> trying to get it done, man. Like, just trying to get it done. I mean, love is in the air, Perk. What do you think, ring or fling? I think if I say fling, it will be beyond disrespectful. So yeah. I'm going to say Beyonce them and put a ring on it one time. I mean, you're talking about Kevin Durant, Devin Booker, and Chris Paul right on the offensive end. Like I said before, it's going to come down to DeAndre Ayton, but I think not putting a ring on that would be totally disrespectful for, and when you're looking at the offensive firepower that they have over there in Phoenix right now. I agree with you. Well, what about James Harden and Joel Embiid, Zach? Ring or fling? So why does Perk get the easy one? Of course the Suns is a ring. Of course the Suns is a ring. <laughs> James Harden and Joel Embiid, look, my, I, I'm getting a little queasy. I'm getting a little queasy. I'm going to go ring. Despite James Harden's, let's say, foibles in elimination games, I think these two have what it takes to make a long playoff run this season. And if they don't, there's going to be a lot of questions, so mm. I'm going to ring. Why All not? Right. I'm in a good Why mood. Why not? Well, here, I'll give, I'll give Perk a, a harder one. What about Luka Doncic and Kyrie Irving, Perk? Ring or fling? <laughs> oh, that's just a fling. <laughs> that's just a, a couple of, I, hey, I like you. Past that note up top, I you know I, I yeah, that's all it is, right? That's just a fling. I, I like they're not gonna win a ring. They don't have enough 
Although Luka and Kyrie are special, they just don't have enough depth. And I know JaVale McGee has played well in spurts, even Powell, but I just don't trust the rest, the others that they have on the roster. Ring or fling or hotline bling, right? Something like that. Uh, before we go, I'm told that we have a <laughs> wedding video that we need to take a look at. It happened on a basketball court yesterday. I have very strong feelings oh. about proposals uh, on the Jumbotron. It's a no for me, dog. But uh, Zach, how do you feel about this? Well, this isn't a proposal. This is no, a straight up wedding. Thing. And you know what? You know what? Yes, if they both want it, you know what? if they want this, if they love the Dallas Mavericks this much and it's shared and they love each other, let them have some fun. Let's not judge them. Applause for your wedding at halftime. Thumbs up. Okay. Uh, I'm not, you know what? I'm not going to yuck their young. I'm not going to rain on their parade. So congratulations to the happy couple. NBA Today will be back in 60 seconds. NBA Today is presented by Levi's, celebrating 150 years of the 501G. On April 25, 1950, Chuck Cooper was the first black player drafted in NBA history, going number 14 overall to the Boston Celtics. He became the second black player ever to play in an NBA game. Chuck was inducted into the Naismith Basketball Hall of Fame in 2019. Welcome back to NBA Today. That's just about going to do it for us on this Valentine's Day. Perk, what's your Valentine's Day advice for the folks at home? Don't piss off your wife or your girlfriend. I right? Do whatever they tell you to do and your life will be great. I'm telling you that straight up. Don't piss them off. If you piss them off, it ain't no Valentine. Happy, happy wife, happy life. Right, Zach? That's, yeah. that's it. That's going to do Profound it for us. Happy words. Valentine's Day.